Today's episode of the Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by the Young Tennis Players Project, our presenting sponsor for 2018. The Young Tennis Players Project retails sports apparel, but with a unique twist. The majority of the proceeds goes towards helping young athletes receive hands-on tennis lessons and training, which can get very expensive, while the remainder actually goes back to the investors in a revenue-sharing opportunity for those who participate. And with no upfront costs, there's no risk. It's actually all upside. So to learn more, visit www.ytp.tennis, that's www.ytp.tennis, or just click on the link in our Friends and Sponsors section on the Hail to the District homepage. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and... Well, I'm pleased to say that we've had a string of some really awesome, informative guests on the podcast over the past couple of weeks and few months. Um, It's always good to bring back the OGs of this podcast, and that would be my friends Neil and John, uh, who are assembled here today to break down today's NBA trade deadline. There's lots of gay, sorry. Guys, good to have you on, tongue twister aside. Happy to be here, man. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's always fun. Of course. So... We kind of thought today's NBA trade deadline might be a little bit of a dud in terms of trade action and you know things that might actually happen, especially in comparison to the last couple of years. But at least Cleveland decided to make things interesting somewhat by effectively remaking their entire roster and uh, trading every player that's not named Kevin, Kevin Love and LeBron James. We'll run through the deal permutations of what happened, actually. But just your initial reactions, you started seeing all the trade flurries going on and all these different players, and the Cleveland Cavaliers essentially looking like a brand-new team. And they're going to all have to wear that Hello, My Name is name tag um, over the next week or two, over All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, like, the big winners here are LeBron James and Paul Pierce. You know, there's no more, uh, you know, sharing the limelight and the uh, Paul Pierce tribute now with IT3 gone. Uh, I think that was always... um, I think that's the, the funniest thing to come out of this is that IT3 won't be in Boston for Paul Pierce's tribute after all that drama. How long do you oh, think that I, is interesting. How long IT3's tribute video in Cleveland's going to be? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> It'll be a bunch of the fans <laughs> flipping the bird. I can't wait for that guy to come you, back and get booed mercilessly. Do you think their tribute would be like put his face on toilet paper? <laughs> like is it that bad or is, do they just put him like on like I don't even think they something. acknowledge him, man. Like, why would they even, like, give him the time of day? He is so overrated. It's not even funny. Like, can every Boston fan please just finally admit that this guy is terrible and that he was just... No, so he's a, a good scorer. He just can't do anything else. He's a good scorer if the system is built around him and then he can't do it a damn thing otherwise. Exactly. But he needs the system to be built around him. But he he's also a, is coming off a pretty, pretty serious injury. I don't, and in a new system and all this, but he was actually one of the worst players in the NBA this to date. Yeah, I just don't see him like seeing having the success unless like teams like basically build defenses to like hide his liabilities. I I, I agree with John's point. It, it, we said like, oh, they have I, Isaiah Thomas. Like one, I say it all the time. One of the biggest misconceptions in sports is where you're like, oh, so and so is back on the court now. Now we should be 100. percent We should be getting this known commodity who was a borderline MVP candidate last year. I don't think Isaiah Thomas was even 50 percent at what he was playing this year. Like he came back. Right. Um, 
like I was listening to telling John before the pod started, I was listening to the Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo podcast, the trade deadline, and they made a great point. I can't remember if it was Simmons or Rosillo, but it's basically like Isaiah Thomas came back or he rushed back to the court because he was like, I'm a free agent this year. I got to do something to prove that I'm making, I got that I'm going to, you know, cash in on my next contract, whatever that contract is going to be, given that he's not going to get a max from Boston anymore. He came back and he's not even, like I said, I don't even think he's 50% of the same guy. And we are all expecting him to be MVP candidate Isaiah Thomas. Combine that with the fact that he's not playing for Brad Stevens anymore. He's playing for Tyron Lue, who, I mean, you could make a case he's a bottom five coach in the NBA versus a top three coach in the NBA. And he's kind of coming into a system where he's not used right in that offense. He's coached by a dimwit, and he's in a team where basically LeBron James is like, why aren't you Kyrie Irving? Looking at him every single day is like, why aren't you Kyrie Irving? You're not Kyrie Irving. Why aren't you Kyrie Irving? Like expecting him to basically be that guy. And I think it's just been a bad fit from day one. And they were expecting to get an MVP candidate and they got 35 cents on the dollar. Yeah. I mean, it was, he was definitely in an unfair situation. And I mean, I think Tyron Lue is the worst coach in the East at the moment. Like now that Jason Kidd is fired, but I think like, I don't know, man. That guy just rubbed me the wrong way. And he's like, you know, bring out the Brinks truck, man. That guy would be lucky to get like even a quarter of that at this point. It's, it's, he's just not, I don't think they're going to be able to do anything for him. Uh, you know, short of like trying to build defenses to help him out. If you're starting a franchise tomorrow and you could only choose between Tyron Lue and Jason Kidd as your head coach, are you sure you'd take Lou over Jason Kidd? I would find another sport to, to start a <laughs> franchise in. At least Giannis was going to bat for Jason Kidd. Is anyone going to bat for Tyron Lue? Uh, the Cavs management by not firing him at this point. Maybe Kendrick Perkins. Like, that's about it. <laughs> I hope he comes back. I can't wait to see another eight-step travel. I can't. You know your situation is bad when everyone's like, you know what we need to fix the situation? Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> How far have you fall? How far have you fallen when you're like, we need Kendrick Perkins to come in and fix this situation? I get that Kendrick Perkins is the most liked player in the NBA for reasons that still defy me, but really, like that's what your saving grace is going to be, or one of your saving graces. It's incredible. I I do think the trade actually like really works out for Cleveland. I think it fixes a lot of the problems that they had, and they got rid of like, you know, just some worthless players. So I really, yeah, they did dump some hobos. Yeah, I mean, D. Rose, I, oh my god, if he goes to Minnesota and Thibs tears another ACL of his, oh my god, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but, I hope Derrick Rose is not in the league next year. I, he's, I just don't want to see his ugly face anymore. 11 days. My over-under is 11 days before he blows out his knee when he gets to Minnesota. <laughs> uh, I'll take the over because he probably won't play that much. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, you know, he's going to do whatever he can to even just take the minimum because I don't know what his Adidas contract does if he's not in the league. Um, I guess if he's not officially retired, he's still going to collect his Adidas money. But that dude is going to do whatever he can to keep that that contract going until the end. So this whole we heard these stories about like these warring factions or like the cliques or whatever you want to call it in the Cavaliers locker room. And now I mean, everyone knew when we were reading between the lines, like really what, what, who they were. But now it's pretty obvious. Like it was basically Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder. And back to the points of I was referencing the podcast earlier, like they basically got here and they're like, "This is a bad fit. 
I left a great culture, great locker room, arguably great city for basketball, and I came to Cleveland where this is LeBron's dictatorship and it's a bunch of dimwits or halfwits. And, um, you know, they're kind of expected to just seamlessly come in and be whatever they are. And I don't even think, I mean, I think, I don't even think LeBron actually knows what he wants, to be completely honest with you. He's like, I just need someone to be awesome. And he, he as we've seen, he's very fickle in terms of, you know, the guys he wants to go to war with, unless your name is Dwayne Wade or Chris Paul. Except he traded Dwayne Wade. He did that as a favor. I think that was a favor because he, I, I really think that he knew, like, Wade was especially with these trades coming in with like Rodney hood coming in, like them just getting younger. Wade wasn't going to see many minutes. And I think like, I think he knew Wade just wanted to go back in my chill out. Yeah. I really think it was because like they got nothing for it. They man. got nothing. I think it was a protected second round pick. Which yeah, yeah. They, they won't Definitely get anything. Protected. Super protected. Yeah. yeah. Protected so he's going to retire at the end of this year, right? Exactly. I mean, he's just going to have his Jersey retired there. He'll be done. Um, I, I think the plan for him actually was to, um, retire or, or like get traded, go back to Miami after the Bulls. Um, but yeah, we know how well the Bulls worked out. He's still getting paid by them, by the way. Fuck you, Dwayne Wade. But uh, you know, they'll uh, he's going to retire next year for sure. If not this year, he'll retire next year. So much a ring chasing, but um, I, no, I just, he's the paycheck. He was chaser. still slightly productive. That's what I don't understand. Like he was still a somewhat productive player and they traded him for nothing. I'm like, couldn't you just hung around and made some shots in the playoffs? I, I, I didn't quite get that. It was weird. So it's funny because you have like, you had the LeBron guys, you had D Wade, Tristan Thompson, who is only in the NBA because of LeBron basically, or because he, they're the same sports agency. You had uncle Jeffy. I think you had Derek Rose was team LeBron. I don't really know. And then you had, like, the new guys who were Thomas and Crowder. And I think then you had Kevin Love, who basically, like, nobody liked. He was just in the corner eating, you know, eating lunch by himself. And, like, nobody was talking to him. Or everybody was yelling at him. You know it's bad when Isaiah Thomas was, like, the worst player in the NBA. And even he's yelling at Kevin Love, which the situation could be any worse for him. And I think they basically just, they cleaned house in that process. And they also were like, you know, we're going to get younger. We're going to get guys. Because that's really what effectively come out comes down to. Rodney Hood. Uh, George Jordan Hill, Clark- George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance. I mean, so- the Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance, you know, like, I, like they're good, they're they're reasonable players. Larry Nance is is going to be a good guy for them because he he provides rebounding, good energy. Jordan Clarkson's just he's kind of okay, but he can you know he can play off ball, so he can play with LeBron. He doesn't need to. And if they need him to be in the second unit, he can, you know, run the second unit. Oh, he why will. the hell did they give him a first round pick? Why they they went, okay, Los Angeles, we're gonna give you cap space to sign LeBron away from us, and we're gonna give you a first round pick just for good measure. Like I don't understand why they give him a first round pick when all LA wanted to do was dump salary. Is now a good time to point out that Ernie Grunfeld sold the second round pick that turned into Jordan Clarkson? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, I mean, Jordan Clarkson's really just kind of just a dude. Like he's he was he like came out as a rookie and we're like, oh my god, this guy's productive. But like in like all metrics, it, he's just a guy. Would you rather have Jordan Clarkson or Sheldon Mack, Chris McCullough, Jody Meeks, or Tim Frazier? Uh, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But but we're not talking about earning. We're talking about how Cleveland's dumbass first year GM. Gave up a first when he had no reason to. He, he should did, have been collecting yeah. a first. He he just, uh, I mean, 
A, he wasn't going to get a first for anybody on that team. Um, and, you know, I think, like, basically when the when the Lakers came back and were basically like, yeah, we'll take that, but can you throw in a first? He was like, sure, uh, especially because they already have Brooklyn's pick. I mean, it, it sucks. I agree. It's like almost like the Bulls giving away Butler and, and trading uh, first-rounders for Laurie, but um, actually it's, it's probably better than that. Um, but I think they just had to do it. I think the team just needed to be, like, blown up. I mean, I think, like, also... Like, IT3 going public with a lot of the things he's saying, like, just calling the team crap. Um, you know, that I think that, like, irked LeBron way more than his, like, uh, subpar play. I think I think that really I, I kind will, of caused that problem. I'll find it funny because I think, I think he, when he gets to L.A., because there's going to be zero pressure on him, he's just going to be slinging it, and he's actually going to put up numbers again, and he's going to try and justify getting another contract. But the problem is nobody has cap space to pay him any amount of money. So is the backcourt, is he going to start with Lonzo Ball? Why not? Oh, my God. That backcourt is going to be so bad. So there was that, there, <laughs> there was this shit that came out today where, like, I think it was it's uh, that ESPN show that Rachel Nichols is the host of, The Jump. And they were talking about this, like, live in real time. And I think IT3's agent texted Rachel Nichols in the middle of the show and said, he's not coming off the bench. Like, or he's not like, he's basically not going to be a bench player. He, if he comes in, he's going to be starting. And I don't think they want, like, I, this is still uh you know, they still want Lonzo to be the guy. Um, I, I don't know if, if he's a good fit over there as well. I, I think there's an, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's the interesting theory of that. He could be a buyout. I don't think that's actually going to happen, but like, no, that's a, no, that's they're going to let him hop. Because they, they'd rather, they just want to, they just want the the salary cap dump. So I mean, that's all that they need. They'll just let them hook up shots because it's not like they're winning games anyway. Well, they don't even need to tank because they don't have their own pick. It goes to go to Philadelphia or Boston. Depends. If it's really a really good pick, they keep it. How protected is it? It's is it's, it like a top two. It's I think it's only if they win the lottery they keep it. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't see them being dead last. I mean, you're. I, I don't think they're going to win the lotto over the Atlanta Hawks or or some other terrible team like poor Dallas. How how the mighty have fallen. But like, I, unless like you know, Adam Silver pulls some magic strings to get the Lakers the first like the first pick in the draft. I don't see that happening. Although, that would be really interesting if he did that because then that might entice LeBron to join them, and I'm sure that that would be great for the league. So it's actually in the Lakers' best interest to win because the pick is protected if it's 1 or 6 through 30. So basically if it's 2, 3, 4, or 5, then it's going to go to Philadelphia or Boston. What a weird protection. Yeah, that's really strange. Yeah, it's very odd. Huh. I wonder who came up with that. I I wonder what was going on in that room. All right. So the Cavaliers lineup basically after these trades, somebody made a, somebody pointed this out, and it's it's interesting. So you're theoretically looking at a starting lineup of George Hill, J.R. Smooth, um, LeBron, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. I think Tristan Thompson's a bitch personally, but like at least George Hill, J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, and LeBron as your one, two, three, and four. It's not good, but it's not bad. Like I think Hood, I think Hood comes not in Kyrie, and takes the J.R. Smith, LeBron. Love and Tristan yeah. Thompson would have been better, yeah. Yeah, it's not Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie's just a phenom, but I think Hood actually will take J.R. Smith's spot 
And then you have Hood, Clarkson, Corver, and Larry Nance on the bench. That's also not bad for your sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth guy. Like that's actually they and still then, up Jeff Green. I was too, gonna say, still you know, he's awesome. Right. Jeff Green's having a career year, man. Yeah, he's actually doing pretty well. Like it's a deep team, and I know you only go usually eight or nine players in the playoff, but like that's that's not bad. And they are young and athletic, and they can actually defend now. Yeah. So the, the, some of those defensive clips you saw of the of the, uh, of the Cavaliers were just epic. Like, like they were, there was a few clips on Twitter floating around today against in the uh, game against Minnesota last night when he hit the game winner where like LeBron is legitimately not trying, like overtly not trying at all. Like guys are just blowing right past him. He's not even moving his feet. It's, he's just completely doing an OLA. Like we would have crushed anyone else, but I think it's just, I don't know whether it's the point where he was just like, I I hate everyone. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. Um, But yeah, I think he's just tired. I I think He's starting to get a little tired. Um, how he hit that game winner, uh, he always has Thibs' number. That was like, nasty. Honestly, he does. It that was, was really, filthy. That was filthy. Filthy. Uh, but I think he's just getting tired, man. Like There was one shot, uh, I think after the Jimmy Butler block or um, something, you just see him. He looked wiped out on the bench before the last play. It was, it was, it was pretty bad. So, Statistically, he's having like one of his best years. He really is. Like if honestly, if he doesn't win MVP, it's it's highly debatable. James Harden is going to win he, MVP. He he will just because nobody wants to vote for LeBron, but LeBron really probably should win it. I wrote a midseason having an awesome year for a freelance opportunity. I did a midseason awards like thing, and um, at that time I had to put in LeBron. I put in LeBron as the MVP because it was right after James Harden was coming off his, his injuries for a couple of weeks. I'm like, I can't legitimately give it to him, especially given what LeBron's doing right now. It was like 27, seven, eight and seven or something like that. I'm like, come on. If it was anyone else, we'd be like, this is a no brainer, but it's kind of to what John was saying. Like people just don't want to vote for him anymore. It's kind of like the Jordan phenomenon in the nineties. Right. Why did Carl Malone ever win an MVP? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's people just didn't it. want to vote for Jordan. Oh, no. yeah. Did Charles Barkley ever deserve MVP? I don't think so. No, no. No, I mean you all have a point, but I, I, I think you could make a case for Harden as well. And yeah, his, Harden he, his, his team is his team is like capable of beating the Warriors. I mean, you mean that, LeBron's future team? Yeah. Let's see where that goes. No, you saw that was a leak by LeBron. That was a leverage move. He leaked. No, it. no, I'm talking about the Rockets. The oh. Rockets. The Rockets. Oh, sorry. The Rockets are LeBron's future team. It makes yeah. sense. Oh, that's so scary. Man. We'll make the moves to make to make salary available to sign LeBron, and then you get LeBron, CP3, and James Harden. So how many how many basketballs are is the team going to be passing around with all three of those guys? At least five. Ah, uh, you. You know Chris Paul will be able to manage that. He is still ha- he is still a crazy good basketball player. I, I I don't know how he's doing it, but he's just really good too, man. I think LeBron He'll- James is the one player that Chris Paul can't yell at. <laughs> oh, I think Chris Paul will yell at him. I don't think Paul. he shows any fear. Probably, yeah, but it won't work. <laughs> uh, maybe LeBron needs to be yelled at. I think he does. Yeah, he does, but it doesn't mean it will work. Uh, you know, I think since they're buddies, they'll, they'll figure something out. Well, it was interesting. So I was listening to, I started listening to the Jump podcast, and it's it's a it's not bad for like some in some cases. And they had um, they had David Fisdale on. It was David Fisdale, Tracy McGrady, and Brian Windhorse were the guests on the show. 
And they were kind of saying, they were like, you know, what's what's wrong prior to the trade? Like, you know, what's wrong with the Cavs and the situation and, you know, like just the toxicity and all that fun stuff. And David Fisdale made a point. He goes, you know, when we were in my – and so they asked him, they're like, how did you police LeBron or who was there to like tell LeBron like, hey, you need to cool off or you need to, you know, cut the shit out? And he's like, you know, as ridiculous as it might sound, LeBron listened to guys like James Jones and Juwan Howard, like the real old timers who were were okay with like being the 11th and 12th guy on the bench, but they were okay with telling LeBron like, hey, you can't do this shit if you really want to be running the locker room like this isn't going to work. And in Cleveland, you don't have anyone. And I, ironically, I think that's part of why they brought back Kendrick Perkins because Perk is somebody who people would listen to. But it's it was just an interesting viewpoint that they were like no there's nobody in Cleveland who can tell LeBron like you, you need to cut this crap out or you can't be such a you know emo sixteen year old bitchy girl about things. Yep. Yeah, I mean he just yeah I, I he likes to be coached and I think he like he 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 absolutely wants to be better um, and so I think he will take criticism and like feedback like actually very well versus other people. Which is um, ironic because having Ty Lue as his coach in that case. Yeah, yeah. Basically, hey, Ty Lue, can you teach me how to not get stepped over? But uh, James Harden, man, he's averaging 31.5, 9 assists, and 4.9 rebounds. Whereas LeBron is 26.5, 8 rebounds, and 8.7 assists. So, like, I mean, they're, they're statistically really good. 26, really freaking say, good. 26, 8, and 8 is really good. Yeah, but yeah. thirty-one nine and five is also really good, man. <laughs> Does yeah. this really make so? If you take a step back, I know we talked about this in terms of like their defense and their athleticism. How much better does this really make Cleveland? Not much. Oh, I think it makes them better. They're younger and they can actually play defense. That's okay, all they but, need. But you get They're them not... in the playoffs, and what happens? Uh, it's LeBron. I mean, it's playoff yeah, LeBron, LeBron takes over and does yeah. things like. You know, Draymond Green tweeted they're today. It's like so gonna miss Kyrie. Yeah, they were already missing Kyrie. I like, know, but that, they, so that's what like the haze that's over all this is like. Last year's Cavaliers team was way better than whatever crap they just put together. So let's say Cleveland stays in the third spot and Milwaukee wraps up the sixth spot. You've got athleticism on athleticism there. And oh I know, God, I want to see that series so bad. I would put money I think on Milwaukee is gonna round out with the fifth seed and play Washington, which terrifies me. And then Cleveland will get the Pacers, which I think they'll just mop the floor. Yeah, that'd be a cakewalk. I think that would be an absolute cakewalk if if Cleveland got Indiana. But if they get Milwaukee, oh my God, that's going to seven. No, the Cavs will position themselves. They'll do whatever they need to do to position themselves to get the first matchup they want. They always do that. They've avoided Washington a couple times, I think purposely, to get Toronto. Who, as much as I don't want to admit it, is really damn good this year. Yes, they are surprising me as well, but I can never take them seriously. Neither can man. I. I just don't like playoff time. It's a totally different. It's a totally different season. Twenty three and four at home this year, best home record in the NBA. Yeah, they're still going to lose in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see them coming out of the East. There's just no chance. Uh, it's going to be. I, it's going to be Boston, Cleveland again in the finals, but. Um, in the East, in the East Finals, but I'm not, I'm not convinced that Cleveland will be able to make it to the finals. But my money would still be on them. Yeah, 
Toronto's just too soft. So if you like, let's. I, I'm not saying even the Wizards going to get this far, but let's say the second round of the NBA playoffs is chalk and it's one, two, three, and four. So it's Boston, Toronto, Cleveland, and Washington. So then you'd have Boston, Washington. I don't think that series goes more than five games. Um, and then you have Toronto and Cleveland. I I, I don't. I would still take Cleveland in seven games, maybe six even over Toronto, as much as I was just saying that they're really good this year. It's, yeah, they're just, as you said, Neil, like, prove it to me until you until you prove me otherwise, I don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. And you have LeBron. Like, playoff LeBron is just a different beast. Right. He, like, goes into a totally different mode, and he's off. He's just unstoppable unless you have, like, four studs against him. What's Toronto going to do against playoff LeBron, to your point? <laughs> Cry? Lose? I mean, what are you going to do? I actually like the thought process of Toronto getting the one seed and facing Washington in the second round and losing. I was going to say, bring him on. I'm not afraid. Yeah, that's that's I think is uh, Washington's best outcome. Is don't for you, Toronto don't you think if Washington I, if Washington saw played um, Toronto in round two, don't you think they would go into Toronto and be like, I'm not afraid of you one bit? Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. I don't think Washington is really like should be afraid. I mean, you know, as much as I'm going to say, like, I still think the Cavs are, you know, going to come out like it's actually pretty balanced. Honestly, like I could get I could give a serious shot to any of these teams to come out, you know, right. Dude, you never know. Like, I mean, yeah, you kind of do know. But Wall and Beal, like if they if they flip the switch, like, I mean, they took Boston to seven last series, man. And, like, they just had some issues. At, like, Olenek came out of nowhere and played, like, the Great White Hope. Like, there's, you know, you don't have that happen. Boston, Washington, Washington better. gets there. I've been rooting for D.C. sports teams for the better part of three decades. I know what happens. <laughs> I know exactly what happens. We see this movie every single time, every single year, three to four times a year. I know what happens. Yeah, fair. The title, Losing? It's... We we're the one movie where the like the villain always wins. Like right when you think we're gonna kill Freddy Krueger or Jason or whoever the bad guy is, yeah, we yeah. Lose. So <laughs> that notwithstanding, yeah, I, I I saw these moves and I'm like I completely agree with everything you're saying. Like all right, they got more athletic, they got more depth, they got more youth. They're interesting. Their one through ten is much better, just at least on paper, but. All things being equal, they're, I mean, they're not going to be equal because you said playoff LeBron is the great, you know, game changer. But like, yeah, okay. And more importantly, is this new group of players all of a sudden going to make LeBron James say like, oh my God, I've got this really great team Absolutely around Absolutely not. No, no, They no, just no, gift wrapped no. him to whoever. Yeah, he's I think they're gone. just, yeah, he's out. He's definitely out. Um, I think like that's Cleveland positioning themselves to just kind of start a rebuild process, like remain young and competitive, um, but really kind of just see what the waters of free agency are, are going to be like. Like, Why else would you take on Clarkson's uh, contract if you yeah. didn't think that you're planning somewhat to get young and, and go, all right, we're going to rebuild around this Nets pick and Kevin Love and these other young players? If the NBA lottery went chalk, the Nets pick is like seventh. Now, granted, it's a really good draft. Like there are seven, like whoever you get at seven would be a, still a really good prospect, but it would be seven. So it's not like we're talking about Atlanta's pick or something like that. Or right. shit, I didn't even realize that um, Sacramento is all the way down there. So yeah, you know, good old Vivek. <laughs> yeah, he'll find a way to blow that pick. 
Can he draft Stauskas again? He can try. You should spend a lot of money hiring really bright analytics kids all around the country and then not listen to anything you said they say. The Stauskas pick and McBuckets just make me laugh. The fact that they're still floating around in this league, just it's hilarious. Well, it was interesting because, like... Vivek traded off ten, right? He traded off ten to get fifteen and twenty in the two thousand in the in the last draft, and then Portland traded up, but then they went to go get Zach Collins, and everyone's kind of scratching their head, like you did that, and then you went to go get Zach Collins. But from what I was listening to, I think it was Zach Lowe was talking. They're like they really like Zach Collins, so like he's not getting a lot of playing time at the moment because uh, Nurkic and those guys are ahead of him. But like they really like him and they're happy. And meanwhile, you got Harry Giles who's got one knee at the moment. And uh, the guy from UNC, who they hate at the moment. So it's like, good old Vivek. And I mean, De'Aaron Fox is there, and he's good, and he's, he's still young as hell, so that's going to take a little while. And he gets playing time, because... Uh, they just traded George. I don't but know. Yeah, they're, they're a total catastrophe. <laughs> I kind of, it's funny, I kind of liked them before the season started, but that actually, I should have just oh, done better. Yeah, yeah they, they have 40-year-old Vince Carter, like, occasionally dunking... They have Zach Randolph, and then they sign George Hill, and you're like, why are you signing these old guys? Your team sucks, and you drafted De'Aaron Fox. Like, don't you want to give him minutes? So we'll segue on the Vince Carter comment. Um, given the lack of fireworks from this year's trade deadline, I think it's, it's going to be much more interesting to see what the buyout deadline is, and the Wizards making their right. one move opening up a roster spot, trading Sheldon Mack. Let me rephrase that. Giving away Sheldon Mack and paying someone else to take Sheldon Mack in the form of the Atlanta Hawks so we can open up a roster space to fill with whoever. Um, they cleared cap space so Ted didn't have to pay a higher tax. So it's not that big of That's the big deal for them. So Ted doesn't bu- have to spend all that money. Your buyout market, probably headlined by Derrick Rose and Joe Johnson. I shouldn't even say Derrick Rose, just Joe Johnson. Yeah. Joe Johnson's the big headliner, or whatever's left. He's not coming here. He won't no, go he's there. he's not coming here. No. Wilson Chandler is also a name that's been thrown he's out. He's going to Houston, right? Chandler? No, Joe Johnson to that Houston. Would, oh, oh, God. That would make so much sense. Yeah, that would be yeah. kind of nuts. No, I think that's, the, I think that's what's going to happen. Chan- what, Chandler Parsons, a buyout possibility? No, I think he's got a couple more years left on his yeah, deal. Yeah, he has too many years. Like Memphis would love to buy his ass out. Oh no, I said him. Wilson Chandler. Wilson. Oh, Chandler. Wilson Chandler. Yeah, yeah. He's had. He's been terrible this year. Yeah, exactly. But I think like he could. He still he might be able awesome to fill like last a year. position. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like the guy can't play. It's just maybe he's just going to get another Brandon now. Jennings. You know, just terrible. <laughs> Well, so there's not much. Like everyone keeps talking, like oh, there's going to be all these players. So as I said, Joe Johnson. There's Derek Rose. We speculate hilariously that Derek Rose might just go back to Minnesota, so Tibbs can finish the job of ruining him in terms uh, of like playing him 40 minutes a game. Like, why would Jimmy Butler want Derek Rose there? There's like, no way they, they didn't get along the first time. No. So like, why on earth would they think that's a good idea? I, I hope Derek Rose goes to Washington. I said it. No. No. <laughs> yeah, you hope it. Nobody else does. You want to know who's better than Derrick Rose? Thomas Sadoransky. <laughs> Way better. I would have Way to, better, and that is a sad it. fact. Yeah. Hmm. Couple other interesting names. Um, I would. I don't. I know he's not good, and I think he's a knucklehead. But I would kick the tires on Shabazz Muhammad. I think that is actually Washington's best hope as a buyout candidate would be get, to get Shabazz Muhammad. 
Because he, he has no interest in playing defense, but he's a little bit of a scorer. Like, he can provide you some offense, which is desperately what this team needs off the bench. Um, Wizards came back. Look at that. So, sorry, John, if I ruined it for you on your nope. cordless delay. Um, Vince Carter. Trick-or-treat Tony's out there. That's another fun one. I don't know where he would end up. There's Willie. Le- Willie Reed is going to get bought out. Tony Allen's going to end up in Oklahoma City for a Roberson. Yeah. Placement. Yeah, that's oh, that. that would be great, actually. Yeah. Oh. Do you think OKC has a chance? Like, how far do you think they get? Second round. Yeah. Uh, they look depends they how look everything really lines competitive because they're not. I don't. I don't really buy San Antonio this year, so I kind of like shouldn't. brush them off. Yeah, I, I think your believe. top three are literally Golden State, Houston, and OKC. The, those are your three interesting teams in the West. It's kind of interesting to see Sam Presti not making a deal today. I thought he could have done something, like maybe even sent away the first round pick to do to kind of help bridge the gap because I do feel like they're in a position where they're like where they're not necessarily afraid of Golden State. And they could have been like, we can make that one move that really gives us a chance in the seven-game series, like even more than they currently have right now. By the way, they Car- also need to make a move to like entice people to stay. Carmelo Anthony's worked out really well over there. It's been just, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah, he's a bum. Every he's, single time somebody keeps saying Carmelo Anthony's a good basketball player, a little part of me inside dies. <laughs> he's a bench player at best. He just has not resigned to that fact yet. Uh, for seems like the fifth year in a row, Channing Fry will be a buyout candidate. Um, Zebo might be a buyout candidate. Wow. Brooke Lopez, I, he says he wants to stay in L.A. God knows why. Well, I mean, outside of wanting to be in L.A. I honestly would have traded uh, Gortat for Brooke Lopez. They got it. I don't think L.A. would have done it because they wouldn't want to take on Gortat's money next year. But I would rather have him on this team. Than yeah, Brooke Lopez is good, man. Well, not this year, but in previous years, he's been quite good. But this year, he's been terrible. You just need, like, a not a knucklehead team around him. Right. Like, but that's what oh, I'm saying. If he came to Washington, I'd rather have him than Gortat. Yeah. That was the thing that pissed me off about this trade deadline was I really wanted to get Gortat out of here because I'm done with that guy. But it's just a toxic contract. It's, it's, a, it's, a, just a, it's an anchor on the books. Like, there's nothing you can do. Maybe, but there's nothing you can get for him. There's nothing you can No one wants to take him on. Like... Their teams are increasingly, I think to your point before you were making before the podcast started, like teams are increasingly wary of taking on any additional money unnecessarily. Like there's no more Scott Laden's at the end of the world or Chris Wallace's where they're just going to take on dumb contracts because, you know, I, I, unfortunately I think the dumb contract takers are Ernie Grunfeld. Well, yeah, there's a, uh, what's his, a uh, Bellinelli. Um, Bellinelli is a buyout candidate. Yep. Yeah. That I could see him going like doing okay on Washington. Couldn't you see him doing be okay? Excellent. On, we we could totally need another uh, three point shooter on this team. I could see him going to Golden State too if they. I don't Golden know if they, how much they have. Sense. Golden State and Houston. Oh man. Yeah. 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 That'd be nasty. Or going back to San Antonio. Or going back to San Antonio. I think that would make a lot of sense. I think Channing Fry on either one of those teams on Houston or Golden State would make a lot of sense. What about Boris Diaw? Nah, he's too fat. <laughs> is he? Is he fat again? I think so. He looked he looks always thin. fat. Yeah, uh, he was he was like thin-ish. Like thin-ish. when, yeah, <laughs> uh, thin-ish. What like two years ago? Yeah. yeah. Can we can we also revisit the fact that on some people's lists of buyout candidates, Joe Kim Noah is there? Do you remember? Oh God, nobody 
in their right mind should put that guy on their roster. Do you remember the summer that Joe Kim Noah was going to be a free agent and there was a legitimate report, I wish you could go back and find it right now, where like the Wizards were going to give Joe Kim Noah $100 million? And it's like I, any... Wasn't that last summer? It wasn't. Was it this, this was it summer of seven? It can't be summer of seventeen. It's yeah, it was twenty sixteen. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Hang on, Wizards. Yeah. And we were all were like, no, 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 no. And then we got Yawn. Oh my! The Wizards are said to be willing to offer Noah uh, a full max contract. His deal would start at twenty six point six mil and reach nearly one twenty mil over four seasons. We were going to actually grateful that we have Mahimi, right? <laughs> I would, yeah, but you. But like this is this is the, this is what we're getting with Ernie Grunfeld. Like anybody, basketball is definitely not my like number one sport in terms of like foresight, knowledge, and experience from that perspective. And I could have sat here and told you that he's going to play sixty games in four years, and you're going to be paying him a hundred million dollars. And like yeah. we were going to we were going to hand it to him, and then like when Phil Jackson does it, you kind of laugh, but it's kind of sad to say because we were literally reportedly going to hand him a max contract. Like it's incredible. Yeah, he's this decades Eddie Curry. They, they the Knicks always take our terrible centers away from us. I love it. I've never been more grateful for Jan Mahimi <laughs> than I am right now, considering that we could have had Joe Noah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that says something. If if it actually spins a positive for Jan Mahinmi for you, yeah. Jan Mahinmi, God, that that one move. It's just it's like that one panic move after Kevin Durant is like no no chance in hell. It's like when you walk up to it's literally like walking up to a really hot girl in the bar, and she doesn't even like let you open your mouth. She just says like walk away, go get out of here, don't even talk to me. I've had that before. You have no chance of talking to me, and then you go and you hook up with the fatty. You, let me rephrase that. You spend three hundred fifty dollars on a bar tab for the fatty. You go home, and then like you're stuck with her for like the next year for whatever reason, or you keep hooking up with her for because you feel like that's that's the best you can do. Fantastic. Yeah, this is how uh, Carlos tale. Boozer got a contract too. Uh, the Bulls. Way back I miss when. Carlos Boozer's hair polish. I do. I just miss him shouting like randomly as like somebody like hits the ball out of his hands. That That's... was Kevin Garnett for me. <laughs> yeah, Boozer couldn't even do that properly. So Neil, what do you think of Noah Vonleh coming there? I actually didn't hate that, and like I, I... love to make fun of the Bulls, but. I don't hate he's it, but bum. he's a bum right now. Exactly. He's just like his, maybe he needs more playing time, whatever, but I, I don't, he hasn't proven anything to me. We have a bunch of guys who are somewhat bummish. Um, I, I actually really like Laurie. It's hard not to like Markinen right now. It is hard to not to like him. The dude is just like filthy. He's a sharpshooter, man. It's like exactly what, like, that's kind of the future of the league, but yeah. I mean, we don't really have. I'm not sold on many other pieces that that the team has at the moment. There's zero other pieces. So like, you I, can't I, be sold on Chris Dunn or Zach Levine. No. Dunn's played better. He's played better than expectations. He has. He has. And then he like got a concussion, and I don't know what he's gonna be like. And then Zach Levine, I just, I his knee is gonna give out at some point. It's just gonna happen. Um, well, for a young guy with athleticism, when you who has knee, if he has knee problems, then and if his only good thing is athleticism, that's not a good equation. Exactly, exactly. I'm I'm of the philosophy. So I have two I have two thoughts on Noah Vonley. Number one, I, I'm of the philosophy that if you're going to dumpster dive, dumpster dive on talent. Noah Vonley was like the eighth or ninth pick in the whatever draft he came out with or he came out into. 
But that being said, I think Noah Vonley was overrated from day one. So people don't people may not remember Noah Vonley was the next big recruit to come to Indiana right after Victor Oladipo. And everyone's like everyone expected Vonley to be the next Oladipo, and like you never want to be the man after the man. Like Oladipo was amazing at Indiana, and um, Vonley wasn't. To be completely honest, like he just he wasn't very good. And they kept saying like, "Oh, he's talented and he's awesome and stuff like that." He's and I jokingly equated to the Michael Vick Marcus Vick equation. Like they're like, "Oh, he's gonna be just as good as him." Like obviously he's clearly not. So um, he might I think he might have been a little overrated coming out. But look, if you're gonna dumpster dive, if you're gonna trade. The, for the rights to Milk Can Racco Snitch. I'm sorry, that's Milo Can Rakovich. Um, yeah, a guy from like a last pick of like a 2000, like some uh, crazy low number draft. It's like, yeah, like just give it up. I'll take Noah. I mean, might as well give him a shot. It's not like he's making a lot of money. Right. If you're going to kick the yeah, tires, yeah. let's see, there was Emmanuel Moutier getting traded, another. Um, Dude, how, how have we not talked about Blake Griffin or the Pistons? Oh, this is so yesterday's news. It was it's such a dumb move. I've so I've never been a Blake guy. Probably because I don't care. Like I, I just I've never been a Blake guy. I think he's overrated. Everyone went gaga over him, jumping over a goddamn car, and I didn't really care. Um, he should not have won that dunk contest. No, he shouldn't have. No. Oh. oh well. But I mean, like, good for the Clippers, honestly. Like. Getting rid of a hundred, what was what did they sign him at? 173 mil for five years, and they were able to offload that after like less than a year on the contract. That's impressive. I mean, as much crap as I'll give Doc Rivers, him being able to offload that is a very smart move. That wasn't Doc Rivers, but it was whoever, man. I mean, yeah, like, West. if we're gonna say Doc the GM, like, Doc's we gotta the GM. Doc got Doc, stripped of yeah. all his powers. It's Jerry West. They brought it's, right. it's like it's like one of those things when you when your company hires a new boss who sounds amazing and then like a year later all of a sudden you start finding all these consultants in the office, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, fair enough. The consultants start running the off or start running your department instead of your boss. Jerry West is the consultant, and Doc Rivers is the Doc Rivers is the boss on the short leash. So they're like the um, they're the boss. John- John C. McGinley that you bring into office space. All right, yeah, fair enough. They're the bobs. Yeah. yeah. What is it that you do here? Yeah, make a lot of money and play like you know forty games a season. But yeah, I to, so to your point, I think it was very shrewd that they dumped, like they immediately cut their losses. Like I think too many teams, and I think I also kind of like that from Cleveland's perspective. They're like, look, this Isaiah and Jay Crowder thing is not going to work. Let's just cut our losses, even though it turned out to be pretty shitty in in. Uh, what you ended up with net for Kyrie Irving. Um, it's smart that you cut your losses. And I think the same thing from a, the Clippers perspective. It's like, nope, this is not going to work. Blake Griffin is not Blake Griffin anymore. And we're going to ship him to the nether regions of the NBA. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah. And he doesn't Tobias, Tobias is a good pickup. I like him. Avery Bradley is uh, going to be in demand. He's always going to be in demand. He's a good asset that you can get maybe something with later. So Zach Lowe was talking about before I think it was on He's one of his podcasts. He is gone. He that that's done. But Zach Lowe was talking about like that the Oklahoma City might make a run for Avery Bradley at the trade deadline. I thought that would have been such a great. Uh, that would have been so good. Is he upgrade ten over, times better than Roberson? Ten times. Yeah. A million times better, actually. From the last, because he actually can hit open three pointers. 
from the Wizards Celtics series of last year, the two players that I will probably <laughs> always remember. Number one is Avery Bradley. Brad, it was game yeah, was game five. Us. It was game five that killing he us, right? Yeah, yeah, game five, game five, and then obviously Kelly Olynyk for what for the murder in game seven. But like I'll always remember. Like, and not only that, there's game five, but he shut down Wall in so many cases. Like he gave Wall and Beal hell. All series long as an on-ball yeah. defender. I, Isaiah I, Thomas didn't do shit against us. No. It was Avery Bradley. <laughs> Shocking. He really gets a lot of the credit. I think it was game one or game two Isaiah went <laughs> he off. Scored I can't remember. points in games, but like Avery Bradley was a killer. It was game two when Isaiah had like 44, 48 or something like that against us. And he had that everyone went gaga over him. And it was, just, it was nauseating. But um, yeah, the Bulls would have beaten them if Rondo didn't get hurt. <laughs> So they, they actually would have. That's all I gotta say on that one. Oh, if Rondo yeah, was absolutely. yeah. If Rondo wasn't hurt, man, he would have. Do we? We were just slicing and dicing them up last year, and oh well. Uh, now we have even traded away Nico. Like there is nobody on the team. There's nobody from the Bulls that was on the team like five years ago. Like you know, it's a completely brand new team at this point. It's if freaking. I'm a- just what you should be. Uh, yeah, I mean, but still, it's like, come on, I've you know, been a Bulls fan forever, so it's you know, it's always sucky to see like things like that happen when you're not like good right now. You're just bad, too good enough to be, or you're just bad enough to be too good for like winning the lottery and probably like locking up a top three pick. Like you're what seventh or eighth as well. Yeah, this is like taking like the sixth or seventh pick in the in your fantasy football draft. It sucks. It's like the fucking terrible position to be in. So like that that's kind of what it's where They're the Bulls in the will mix. be for there's a while. There's so many people clumped up in that like top eight because there's a lot of teams. So Atlanta has 17 wins. Orlando has 18. Brooklyn has 19. Bulls have 18. Dallas, Sacramento then, uh, have 17. Yeah. So there's a yeah. bunch of teams like within one game of each other. So, oh it, no, we're certainly be, competing to be the worst. Oh yeah, You're you definitely you guys there. are in the. So there's like the, <laughs> the top. There's eight teams that are just freaking atrocious that are competing for that top pick, and it'll be interesting to see how that actually finally shakes out. But I don't see how we're not better than Atlanta, and I don't see how we're not better than you know, you know Dallas or, or Brooklyn. Even I mean, like we have we have some talent it's uh you know for better or for worse uh, like who does atlanta have dennis schroeder like come on they they have to absolutely win the first the first pick in the draft if they don't like oh yeah. my god then god hates atlanta uh john collins is pretty well he's john playing, collins is awesome he's playing really well over there like he's a good player he's kind of like the bulls where there's nothing there except for laurie like well i mean depending on how you feel about chris dunn and guys like that um yeah it's interesting because there's so many big men in this draft. Like there's like there's only one wing in, in Doncic and Doncic Donkic, don't whatever whatever his name is. Um, and then you've got like Trey Young, who I don't know. I go back and forth on him. Um, and then you but then you've got like Bamba and you've got DeAndre Ayton and then you've got Marvin Bagley and it's enormous guys. So anyway, that's another discussion for another day. Um, any other key thoughts? Any other takeaways? I don't think the big man is really that valued anymore. I mean, you didn't even see like any big men really move. Like, no, I would ex- I would have expected like DeAndre Jordan to move, or Hassan Whiteside, or like just some. Like, I'm just kind of surprised that bigs weren't really, you know, looked at. The only reason much. Jordan didn't move, I think, is because they uh, he's going to opt out of he's going to opt out of his deal. 
That's it. Otherwise, but he we, might uh, not opt out. He actually might not opt out because, like, he's going to get 24 mil next season. Yeah, no one else is And if he actually, million. like, takes the pulse of, like, the landscape, he might go, I don't think I'm going to do better than this. Because who's going to pay him? Nobody's going to pay him. Nobody has yeah. money. If Cleveland could have parlayed or could have acquired Kemba Walker, it would have been interesting. I, I, I'm still of the philosophy that Kemba Walker is really overrated. But if they could have gotten Kemba Walker, I think that changed the landscape a little bit. Like at least now you have that. Well, legitimate, that would have been excellent for them. Yeah, not good for anyone else. He is a he's but, a Kyrie replacement. Yeah, he's a very 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 watered down version. But yes, that that would have filled that role. George Hill is not a Kyrie replacement. Yeah, George Hill. Rodney Hood is not a Kyrie replacement. No, no. You can't replace Kyrie. He, like, LeBron is, he is a bitch. He's so and good, I though. He's so I good. hate him. I hate yeah. Him. I'm siding with John on this one. Surprise, <laughs> surprise Memphis held on to Tyreek Evans. That was stupid. Yeah. So the thought is He's that like, they might like try and sign him. But uh, why? Because they can probably sign him for cheap because they went, oh, wait, Lou Williams signed for next to nothing. So we can probably get Tyreek Evans in but the But Tyreek Evans is not Lou Williams. Next to nothing. Did Sam Hinkie teach us nothing? If you're going to tank, do it right. They're not trying to tank, though, because they're still like strapped to Mike Conley and um, yeah, Marcus Gasol's contract. So they're trying to be reasonably competitive next year. Yeah, they're not they, in tank mode yet. Woj was saying that teams Mike are trying Conley's to... contract is hideous. Yep, he's the highest oh, paid player looking, in the NBA, isn't he? It's looking not awful. anymore. Last year he was. Yeah, last Steph year Curry. Steph Curry is this year. Sorry, I should know that. Just wrote something about that. Steph Curry is number one. Um, yeah, Mike Conley's making a butt ton of money to not play basketball. That's how it works. Keep getting them checks. Um, all right, that should wrap it up. We'll probably do something over the next couple of weeks or so. I don't know, probably towards the spring once the playoff race starts heating up and kind of things kind of shake out. But until then, um, thank you very much for everyone who provided feedback on the last podcast episode with Mark Bullock at the Post. Got a lot of great feedback there. So if you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Leave us feedback. All the usual crap I ask you after every each and every episode. But until then, we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.